Hi, guys. Just want to give a huge thanks to Crunch Labs for sponsoring our podcast this week. Did you know Crunch Labs' goal is to show kids how to think like an engineer? They've got awesome build boxes where you get a STEM subscription and a really cool build-it-yourself toy arrives in the mail. Not just that, but they've got another fun-filled summer planned with Camp Crunch Labs. The best part is there's no sunscreen required. After you sign up, you'll get 12 build-it-yourself toys in the mail, each box shipped weekly. And you'll get access to exclusive Mark Rober videos, as well as weekly challenges. With Camp Crunch Labs, your kids will be learning and having fun all summer long. They can also participate in six challenges. And if you post to social media, Mark will choose one lucky winner who will get to visit Crunch Labs and be in the final video of the summer with Mark himself. That's pretty cool. Thanks to Camp Crunch Labs, we've got plenty to do this summer. It's such a bonus to have something so fun while learning at the same time. Don't forget, camp starts in June, so join soon. Make this summer your least boring summer ever and get Crunch Labs. Go to crunchlabs.com slash granny to sign your kids up for Camp Crunch Labs today. Did you know Granny McDuff now has a Patreon? You can get all episodes ad-free, games, puzzles, calendars, and more. You can even get discounts off Granny merch. Sign up now on Patreon. Go to GrannyMcDuffENT.com for more information. Good evening, children. It's Granny McDuff, ready with a story. So make yourselves comfy, and I'll begin. And now, The Baker and the Princess, Part 2. Antoine tried and tried, but he couldn't bake. The witch's spell had worked. I don't understand. I can't pick it up. I can't bake. What is happening to me? He asked. Genevieve tried to help him. I will make it. Tell me what to do, said Genevieve. And so he did. But then he found he could not even remember the recipe. When his father arrived, he was surprised to see the princess stirring the icing. What is this? he asked. Antoine showed him. A spell, he said to his son. It cannot be. Antoine replied. What else could it be? asked his father. Father, if I cannot bake, then how shall I live? I will bake, just as I did when you were in the palace and I was here. We will not have souffle, but we will survive. And I shall help, said Genevieve. You must return home before they know you're missing, said Antoine's father. They already know. I am constantly watched and I am tired of it. I will stay here with Antoine, she said. And so they made it work. Genevieve and Antoine's father did the baking. The wedding cake came out almost as if Antoine had done it himself. But he was miserable. Who would do this to me, he wondered. 
After much thought, Antoine decided he must return to the palace and speak to the king. Then I shall go with you, Genevieve insisted. And so they went. On their way, they passed through the village of Fleury. I believe I know someone who lives in this village. A woman. She was kind to me when I opened my patisserie. Perhaps we can pay her a moment's visit, Antoine said. Oui, s'il vous plaît. I am famished, said Genevieve. They did not need to go far, for the old woman of whom Antoine spoke was walking through the town square just as they arrived. Antoine dismounted his horse and walked up to her. Madame, said Antoine, do you know me? She smiled. But of course, dearest Antoine, you have finally come to visit, she said. The woman peeked at Genevieve, who was now off her horse and leading him over. And you have brought someone with you, said the old woman. I have, Antoine replied. This is Genevieve. A beautiful name for a beautiful princess. I am Clotilde. Come, let us go to my home before anyone else realises that the Princess of France is standing in the town square holding her horse and quite clearly in need of a good meal. Merci, madame, said Genevieve. They followed the woman through the town. How does she know I am a princess? Genevieve asked. Doesn't everyone? Antoine replied. They may have seen my likeness, but I do not believe I would be recognised so easily, she said. They reached a small house on the edge of town. A lovely house with a fence and a little garden. Your home is beautiful, madame, Genevieve said. Please, call me Clotilde. It has been my name for centuries, said the old woman. Antoine and Genevieve were both confused. Come in, and I will tell you a story. While they ate, Clotilde explained everything. You see, I am older than you think. 328, to be precise. <laughs> Simply put, I am a witch, but a good witch. I help, I do not destroy. Like a fairy godmother? A bit, I suppose. You help me with my shop. But of course, your pastries, your bread, everything was delicious. I just helped spread the word, no magic involved. Now, back to my story. Years ago, perhaps over 100, a witch called Drelvina arrived here. She came from the north, where it is cold and always dark. 
and she too had nothing but ice in her heart. She was a menace and had to be stopped. So, I placed a spell upon her, that she would remain where no light ever touches and live out the rest of eternity there. But like with all spells, there's something that can break them. I believed it would never come to pass, but now it has. It is her magic that has taken your ability. She must have somehow found the rings. The golden rings of Rattan were made as rings for soulmates. When I cast the spell, it came to my mind that no one as wicked as Drelvina could ever find true love. It did not occur to me that Drelvina could manipulate the magic. She is powerful, more powerful than I thought. No matter, she has found someone, and she used the rings. It must be, for there is no other way. But why can I no longer bake? I cannot think of anyone who might want to hurt me. I make pastries. I do no harm to anyone. Who would want to harm me? Antoine said. I know who it was, said Genevieve. Or at least I can assume who. Antoine frowned. Then he realised it just as she said the name. Raphael, said Genevieve. It has to be, Antoine replied. It is the only person. Madame, Raphael was my father, the king's patissier. But when Antoine cooked for him, and when it was clear Antoine was a superior patissier, Raphael was not pleased. He was very angry, in fact, said Genevieve. And as the king's patissier, he has access to the tunnels below the palace, does he not? Clotilde asked. He does, Genevieve replied. Let us rest here another night, and then at first light we go to the palace. But this will not be easy. First, we must undo the spell. Then it is up to me to vanquish Drelvina. But I cannot do it alone. Let us begin by retrieving the rings. All the while, Raphael was back in the king's good graces, and he was baking up a storm. In fact, he could now cook anything the king desired. He made a roast chicken like no one had ever tasted, cakes so beautiful you did not want to eat them, and of course, the souffle, Antoine souffle. But unlike Antoine, he did not savour anything. He cooked to cook and baked to bake. There was no heart in it. It was not for the love of it. It was for the recognition, for the fame and the fortune, 
And during daylight hours, Drelvina was held in high esteem at court. Thinking her new blood, the ladies of the court could not get enough of her stories. From her travels abroad to the gossip only those in the most inner circles would know, they loved her. But when night fell, Drelvina would disappear. Deep in the tunnels, she would transform back into her true self and hide away from the world until the daylight brought back her pink cheeks and girlish charm. And it was in the quiet of the night that she would make her spells and potions. <laughs> She turned one courtier's tongue purple. Another, she made cough up a mouse. It flew right out of the poor woman's mouth, scurried across the table and into the chilled cucumber soup. The third poor soul who caught Drelvina's attention was that of the king's personal secretary, Jacques the very man who was responsible for bringing Antoine to the palace. She bewitched his food. At every meal, Jacques would be about to take a bite when whatever it was on his fork would turn into spiders. He was not amused and noticed that it only happened when Drelvina was present. Spinning that golden wedding ring she wore on her finger he felt something was amiss, but knew not what it was. Finally, Antoine, Genevieve and Clotilde reached the palace. Genevieve, you must go to your father and tell what is afoot. He will trust you, Antoine told the princess. And if you can bring Jacques with you, added Clotilde. My father's secretary, Genevieve asked. Oui. The good witch replied. And we will find Raphael. First, we must get his ring. Then to the tunnels and find Drelvina. Antoine hesitated. Clotilde reassured him with a smile. Antoine looked into Genevieve's eyes and got down on one knee and said, Will you marry me? Yes, Genevieve replied. Before Antoine could move, Genevieve bent over and kissed him. Good, Genevieve said. Now be careful. I will speak to the king and find Jacques, and we shall meet you at the entrance to the dungeons. Remember the plan. Before they knew it, they were off. And that is the end of part two. And now it's time to take a deep breath, close our eyes, so that we may drift off into a world of our own adventure. Good night, children. <laughs>